This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters, where we discuss all things health and well-being to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. Hi, I'm Amy Sherman, a marketing exec with a passion for wellness and beauty. Hi, I'm Katie Chandler, a former fit model that has a passion for health and fitness. We are sisters-in-law who share the same love for well-being, ready to sift through all the self-care noise and bring you a splash of what we think is fun. So let's get started. Welcome back to Nirvana Sisters. This is part two with Dr. Nazarian. We hope you enjoyed part one, all about the skin. This episode really focuses on skin conditions, the face, under eye darkness, fillers, Botox, surgery, body sculpting, fat removal, and a game-changing injectable for cellulite. And Katie also has a great product review at the end. So stay tuned for that and hope you enjoy part two. Well, I would like to touch on a little bit of a personal note, and that is psoriasis. My husband, my mother, and now my seven-year-old daughter have it. And my seven-year-old has had one large patch on her leg that has now spread to, I don't know, maybe like 30 or 40 spots. And uh, we're just, we're trying to kind of wrap our head around it. Like my, my husband, he's had it his whole life, but it comes and goes. It's pretty light and it's completely stress-related. When he's low stress, it's gone. When You know, otherwise, and my mom's has gotten better. I think she's in what they actually call it psoriasis remission. I think I've, I've read somewhere. She doesn't have it anywhere. Um, but my seven-year-old, all of a sudden, it's popping up all over the place. And I don't, I don't know what to do for her aside from the topical steroid cream that was given to her that I don't really love using. So any, any thoughts or, um, advice? A lot of thoughts. You're kidding. Tons of thoughts. First of all, your mother and your husband, right? So you have psoriasis, which we know is genetic on your mom's side, on your side, right? The mommy side. And then we have it on daddy's side. So this poor girl, like obviously she was getting the two hits from both sides, right? But it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You know, psoriasis is, um, a skin condition where essentially the skin is just overreacting to we don't know what. So normally the cell cycle is you get your new skin and then it sloughs and you know it has this like however many week cycle that takes your skin to renew itself. Fine. For people that have psoriasis, for whatever reason, this normal timeline is like revved up. So you just keep making more and more. So the skin just basically piles up on itself. That's what leads to these thick red scaly plaques. But it is an inflammatory condition. We know that it involves inflammatory cytokines in the body. And it can also create some issues in other parts of the body with inflammation. So it's not just a skin condition, right? It can affect the joints. We know that it can affect cardiac, you know, so people can get arthritis um, and definitely um, flares with stress. But the good news is, is that when I say we've come a long way, I mean, we have come a long way when it comes to psoriasis. Every few years, there is a more and more and more targeted therapy for psoriasis. So back in the day, what they used to do is just suppress the immune system because, you know, I'm telling you, this is like basically an overreactive immune system in the skin, right? Too much skin, too much skin. And so you would suppress that and it would help your psoriasis, but it would also leave you a little bit more vulnerable to infection. That's what you need your immune system to fight. 
And so what they ended up doing is finding what we call biologics that now target closer and closer and closer the pathway to the inflammatory targets that cause psoriasis. So rather than like blocking the whole immune system, you're blocking it less and less and less, right? Like more and more targeted, which means way less side effects, much, much safer, easy for people to do. I mean, I have patients on biologics that they only have to give themselves the medication four times a year, oh, every wow. three months, a little quick, boop, done. And that's nice because regardless of how much skin they have affected, which is obviously really upsetting, you know, I don't have to worry so much about their joints, you know, right. protected them. Cause I don't, cause God forbid you get really psoriatic arthritis that can be really tough. Um, and so you want to catch those things before they really start to decrease quality of life for patients. Now, steroids, which are like the topical creams, typically we don't, we don't really do oral steroids for psoriasis, topical creams. In some ways you can think of it as working more locally, right? So you're not affecting the whole immune system, although you do absorb some, but should be fine, you know, a little bit here and there when they need it. If you find that a patient is becoming sort of not dependent, but like needs it all the time in order to keep their psoriasis in check, then um, we like to actually do vitamin D analogs. Maybe you've heard of like caspotrine. Those take a little bit longer to work. Let's just think of it as like vitamin D. Um, and so those take a little bit longer to work. So generally, we'll kind of get them started on the steroid cream so they just feel like better faster. And then give the vitamin D creams a little bit more time to work. And then they can do that more long-term. That's a really great regimen if somebody, um, you know, only has a couple patches, let's say. Or it's like, it's realistic for them to be able to apply it. We even do topical retinoids, if you want to go back to that. Because remember how I told you retinoids help like regulate the cell cycle and get it more normalized, like get rid of like old skin, help healthy new skin take its place. So actually what retinoids will do for psoriasis will also help regulate the way the cells are behaving and act more normal. So um, retinoids are a wonderful part of some psoriasis regimens. You can even do ultraviolet therapy or phototherapy, even safer than going outside. Rather than going outside and baking, which a lot of people used to do for their psoriasis because they got better in the sun and then exposing yourself to all this radiation, which increases your risk of skin cancer. Now we just use specific wavelengths and that's even safer than being outside for a couple minutes. Mm. And so you can do that for your psoriasis and just target the areas that you need. There are so many different ways to treat psoriasis depending on what area of the body it is. But, you know, my my advice would be don't get don't get nervous about the medications. I mean, I have family members that are on them. I don't know how I would feel if I had to put my child on medicine. You know, my kids are so young. I mean, I do feel like I'd probably always be nervous about everything. I mean, I get, I'm a doctor. I still get a little nervous when they get vaccines that tells you what mom brain is and what doctor brain is. I can't shut it off. They're getting vaccines. Of course they're going to get their yeah. vaccines. But like, I don't know why my head just goes, oh, my child's going to be my, something, something wrong. Something's going to happen, you know? And um, with psoriasis, I think it would probably be the same. I'd be a little nervous. I understand that. But if she is getting to the point where it's really impacting how she feels about herself and her life and how she looks, oh my gosh, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Okay. These medications are so safe now. And if you think about it, they're protecting the inside of her body, right? So less cardiac issues, less joint issues you know, the patients that are on some of these biologics actually have better cardiac health long run, less cardiac events, 
you know, or just healthier patients because of what these medications can do now. You know, she's young. You want to see how the creams work for a little bit. I get it. You want to um, have alternatives to steroids, whether you do the vitamin D or you do um, truly the non-steroidal creams that work similarly but are safe for long-term, maybe names you've heard of like Eladel, Protopic. Those are other medications you can use. There's a lot of options on the menu. Um, and just be open to them. Let them lay out all the risks and benefits on the table. But, you know, for a lot of the stuff that's out there, honest to God, I wouldn't hesitate. I really wouldn't. For myself, my gosh, no problem. For my family members, really, I think it's the right choice. That's that's but, very you know, encouraging. To, so it sounds really treatable. Like if you're going to have something, at least it's like yeah. a treatable thing that she has, not something that's or, not as common. Yeah, she has psoriasis, you know, I mean, yeah. come on. That's, that's, that's right. What I told she Madeline. Does. Yeah. Yeah. That's very <laughs> encouraging because she, these steroid creams are just not working out for her. They're not, honestly, they're not really helping that much. And she is a little bit um, more high strung. And I, I just thought, you know, steroids can seep in even if it's in little doses. So it's not even helping. So it's good to know that she has she has other options and we're going to look into it. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. Reach out if you have more questions. I'm happy to continue talking about it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. So I have some questions because I'm obsessed with this topic. <laughs> Puffy eyes, dark circles, ridges, hollowness. Like as you get older and you have that, like I've tried so many different creams, different, like there's just, I know there's not a miracle cream, but do you have advice for like the puffy, the darkness, like all of that lovely stuff that starts happening to your eyes. All right. So under eyes, there's a couple things that happen in the under eyes, right? So as you get older, your skull changes, right? The skull of an 80 year old is not the skull of a 16 year old, like anatomically, they're just different, right? And so one of the things that happens as we get older is the eye sockets hollow out. So you end up getting contour changes, right? Where the eyes are a little bit more sort of sunken in looking as you get older. And then the tear trough start to cast a shadow. The tear trough is that sort of like ridge underneath your eyes, right? So it, it tends to cast a shadow as you get older. Some people are just like, that's just how they look. They're kind of born like that. That's just like the shape of their face naturally. Most people, even if that's not your natural shape, as you get older, you will notice that sort of happening. That's part of it. Other thing that happens as we get older for many, many, many people is that those Wonderful cushions of fat that sit around the eyeball tend to kind of move and migrate a little bit as things shift and also puff out and herniate a little bit as not only as we get older, but as the skin sort of weakens and thins out as well, right? It's a very delicate area, a little bit of pushing. And as the skin weakens, you kind of herniate a, a little bit well. That's where you get like the true puff, that real bag, right? As opposed to what I was talking about before, which is like a contour hollow and like shadow being cast, right? Neither one of those issues can be covered with foundation or concealer, whatever it is that people are using these days. You can't, you can't cover contour, either a puff or a shadow with color. It's not going to change anything, right? That's your little test. That's how you know. Versus true pigment, whether it is from rubbing or allergies or whatever else, or just genetic, some people just have true dark pigment on the skin. So if you like pull the skin down, you'll still see that color. It's just a different shade, right? And then lastly, the area is very thin. So oftentimes if you have thin skin in this area, it's almost like translucent and you can see like purple blood vessels underneath. You're basically, the light's just shining through, right? So you have translucency, you have pigment, you have puffiness, and you have a true shadow from a hollowing. Okay. 
all those things play into the under eye area. That doesn't even really get into like wrinkles and sagginess, but that we all kind of already know how to identify. Throw that in. <laughs> so all of those things are treated differently. They're not treated the same, right? So you really need to know what's the issue in order to pick the right fix. So for the hollow, we call the tear trough, I do filler. I do a little bit of hyaluronic filler. I've gotten it done. Everyone else has gotten it done. I'm Kardashian's definitely got it done. They've got nothing going on in their tear trough. So they're definitely filled. And that's how you get rid of that shadow. Okay, easy. The bag, that puffiness that's pushing out, that needs to be removed surgically. Not a big deal procedure, but that's the only way to get rid of it. And we do a procedure called a lower blepharoplasty. Fabulous doctors will go in there, take out that little fat pad, close it up, done, done deal. It's a beautiful procedure. For pigment, you can use topical ingredients that literally lighten and get rid of pigment, right? So licorice root extract, some people use hydroquinone, some people use kojic acid, whatever. There's a lot of different ingredients that will literally break up pigment. And then for that translucency, you have to do things that actually thicken the skin and create more collagen. And whether you want to do it in a way that's topical, like you're using peptides and retinoids and things to help stimulate collagen, or you're doing lasers and microneedling and something else to stimulate collagen, like a procedure or a device, that's the way to do that fix. That also will help with some of the tightening and some of the wrinkles and the crepiness because you're stimulating collagen as well. So just like you're just basically improving the type of skin that you have with that whole last bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting and helpful. I've done various versions of many of those things. I've done microneedling um, a couple of times, which I love. I'm not sure if it helps under here like a little bit. I've done filler once, but I didn't actually love it because I'll tell you what happened. Tell me if this is weird. So I got filler a couple of years ago in that area because again, it was like dark and um, not as hollow, but just more like that dark look. So I got the filler and I felt like it made the little puffs that I had underneath my eyes like stick out. So I almost felt like it made it look worse. Although I didn't look as wrinkly. I just, but the puffiness, like I have a picture of it from like immediately when I got it, it's like, it kind of like went out. So I, I didn't really love it, but I just kind of, it looked fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just sort of like, is what it is, but I didn't like how it sort of puffs it out. And then I guess it took about a year and a half, two years to like go out of my system. But lately, um, so like a month ago, I always had for the last couple months, these like dark, lines. And so I asked my dermatologist and she was like, yeah, it's from old filler and it's like casting this like purple, whatever. So I got it drained and there was actually quite a lot still in there. So once I got it drained, it was so interesting because those black lines that were like right here came out. I still have the black under here. I mean, the dark under here, but I don't have that anymore. So it was so interesting. So she was like, you could do filler again. She's like, but it might kind of be the same. So she was telling me about that. Like in the future, she was like, you could do a lower left, whatever. And then she also suggested doing a fat transfer under the tear trough because she said that might be better than doing filler all the time because it might not like work as well for you. So I, I always ask the question because I'm like, my husband thinks I'm crazy. He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even see it. But like, I see it every time I look in the mirror, like it's better now that I got it drained, but I still see it. And now I'm like, oh, now that I got it drained, I can actually see more wrinkles. So like, there's never a, it's like one of, I'm like, it's never like going to even out. It's like, I do one thing, the other thing happens. But anyway, I just, I wasn't sure if like, if you keep doing filler and it's like 
that or if it like stretches out your skin or if no. it's just better just to do the surgery at one at no, some point. It's so it's really interesting to me how many people ask me about the filler whether it stretches out your skin. No, it doesn't stretch out your skin. You're not gonna damage your skin like that. You're not gonna like the filler's gonna go away and you're like all oh, loose and saggy now, like you stretched a balloon too much. Absolutely not. You are literally replacing what you had. You are stimulating your own collagen formulation and you're trying to just sort of give support to the underlying tissue where it used to have that support. You're trying to look like yourself is all you're trying to do. So, but what, what does happen is you get older, the skin gets so lax, right? Like people think about anti-aging and all they're thinking about sometimes is just like filling, right? But you didn't age by just losing volume. You lot, you age by losing volume and also losing elasticity. Like the skin is more lax and it's less because you've lost a lot of that structure underneath. So when you anti-age, you're never going to be happy unless you anti-age the same way. If all you did was fill, you'd look like a big balloon, which is, we've seen that by the way, we've all seen that. I know we've seen it. It's awful when people look overfilled. And then if all you did was tighten, you would look like you had a bad facelift, right? Because that's what they used to do back in the day. They just like tighten it and pull it and sew it back. It's just, they're both completely inappropriate if used alone. The right way to do it is a little bit of filler. For you, tear trough, it's a little bit of a different story, but you know what I mean? Kind of like all over, a little bit in the cheeks, a little bit in the jawline, a little bit in the nasolabial, and then a little bit of tightening, which you can do with different lasers, right? And that's going to help you look like really what you're supposed to look like yourself. Yeah. And it's funny. She was saying that except to do it with a surgery with fat, but but use the fat as a filler and then doing laser. And then she said it will look really natural. I, think so. uh, I don't know if I'm like ready to do that whole thing. I might just try filler again. But do you find that if people have sort of like a ridge or like a little bit of a fat pocket underneath their eyes that when they do filler, it like can make it look worse? So, or is that just like me being crazy? You're not being crazy at all. First of all, the patient is never crazy. <laughs> the patient generally knows their face really, 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 really well. Right. So that's really what it comes down to. So when people have both problems, right, meaning you have a ridge and you have a fat pad, the goal is never to put any filler under the fat pad ever. And you never want any filler like around the fat pad where it can kind of push it out. What you're trying to do is it's a lot easier if I could show you, but imagine this in your face, in your head, you really just put the filler only into that deep ridge. That's it. And so what you're doing is not touching that pad, but you're trying to get that valley below it to be filled in a little bit. So it just masks it and camouflages it better. Right. You can, when you have both problems, hollowing out and that puffiness, you can only do filler for a little bit and you will lose the battle eventually and have to get the bluff because ultimately that fat pad continues to push out. You can't keep putting tons of filler in there. Right. To your point. You only get to try. You have that particular, and this is why you have to always be evaluated to see if you are a good candidate for something or not. But you can only put a little bit of filler in there to a certain point, and then at some point that that fat pad gets a little bit too big, and you have to say, you know what, I can't keep chasing it now. You got to have that fat pad taken out as you as it continues to push out. But you know, I see people with both often. I tell them we can do a little bit, but you got to stay far away from that fat pad, literally just into that little hollow in that valley. And the goal is not to change the fat pad, but to just blend it into the rest of the face nicely. That's what you're trying to do. 
And you have to go to someone good because I think that I've only done it once and the first person I went to, she was okay. I, I think I would go to this new person I'm seeing because I think she would be more, I think she would be more like you, like really gentle with it because I feel like I could see it a little bit. And I felt like maybe she just put too much in or like didn't do it in the way that's more natural because I felt like when I smiled, you could see it a little bit, or at least I could. But yeah, a little bit. But so interesting. Yeah. Like slow. I could ask you 10,000 questions, yeah. but I won't bore everybody else. But I think that's why my doctor was like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to want to get this. Like, it's not like you need it right this second, but I know it bothers you. If you want to like just nip it in the bud, she's like, just do that um, because that's eventually what people that have that have issue do. do so yeah you know what's know. so funny though too good to know, good to know good to every know. patient that i see has like this one thing that they just wish they could change about themselves that i'm going to tell you right now is like a one on a scale of one to ten you know in terms of like really how bad it is like i have a patient that i saw just like maybe an hour ago two hours ago i guess now and like she's been chasing her ugly neck. And I put this in quotes because she has like the most beautiful neck <laughs> for like at least like eight years now. Okay. And she, there's nothing wrong with her neck, but she feels like it's just aging her and it's saggy and she feels like it's a fat pad and it's a little bit, whatever it is. And I'm telling you, she's a beautiful neck, but we have spent an awful lot of time trying to tweak it and make it how she feels is perfect. So she's not imagining what she's seeing. It's there. I get it. You know, all right, it's a little lax. Okay. I see the wrinkle. All right. I feel a little bit of that fat pad. But really, it's like it's like her thing. You know what I mean? And like, so yeah, many we're our own harshest critic, yeah. right? Oh, and it's like one thing that we I don't know what it is for you know for you, Katie. I mean, I guess for Amy, it's going to be the eyes. But like everyone has this like thing on their body, you know, that they just hate and obsess over. And um, you know, you got to remember to your point, Amy. We are definitely our own worst critic. There is no way anybody else in your life notices what you're noticing to the degree that you notice it. <laughs> Mine's my puffy face. I get the puffy eye, the puffy face deal. That's oh funny. Katie was so funny. The other day she says to me um, when she's traveling, she got a really bad headache and she's like, look at this picture. Doesn't it look like I have a headache? She's like, I can see the headache in my face. <laughs> I was like, don't know what you're talking about, but I get it. <laughs> so there's like so many more things. The last thing I want to ask you about, because I think you said you do body sculpting stuff. Yes, that's correct. Um, I've been reading about something called Vela Shape. And like, I don't know if the all of these things are all the same. What is like the best one if you want to, you know, there's two things. I think there's like, our listeners, I'm sure would want to know about these two things. Like one, sort of like the fat removal and then two, cellulite. Okay. Boy, fat removal and cellulite. All right, fine. So fat removal can be done surgically, which we know is like liposuction, right? Or it can be done with lasers. And there are different ways to do it with lasers. Some lasers use heat, right? Like greater frequency heat. I actually don't do that. I do freezing. I do cool sculpting, a lot of cool sculpting. And I have mm -hmm. to tell you, I love it. Um, love it. Um, they had a sort of a second generation um, version that came out not that long ago. And that's when I started doing it. Um, for myself, obviously, but also for my patients. And um, what it does is it, you know, brings the temperature of the fat down to a level where it crystallizes. And we know that fat will crystallize at a different temperature than like muscle or skin or other parts of the body or different tissues of the body, I should say. And when it's crystallized, which takes generally about 30 to 40 minutes, depending on what area you're doing, um, you massage out those crystals and those 
crystals break, your body comes and they clear it. It destroys the fat cell, destroys it. And so you have less fat cells there. So you will not be able to accumulate as much fat in that area. And it really does change your shape. So that is your new shape at that weight. You can still gain weight. You can still put on weight and the weight will distribute however it wants to distribute a little bit more fairly. If you're someone that was treating your belly because you had all this fat deposited in the belly, you're not going to deposit the same way, but you could still gain weight and you could still gain weight in your belly if you gained enough weight. Um, so I, you know, I cool sculpted and then let's say I, which is a true story. And then I had kids, which is also a true story and gained weight. And then when you lose the weight, I'll get back to my cool sculpting body when I get back to that same weight. But you know, I had issues. I didn't, I didn't want my, I'm a middle Eastern, right? So I didn't like my hair shape. I want like I want Kendall Jenner legs. Who doesn't? So I wanted my thighs straighter and all, you know, I didn't want my inner thighs touching, whatever, all the garbage we have on our heads about what we have to look like. Um, but you could do the chin, you could do the arms, you can do a lot of areas. It takes a few weeks to see the improvement. I recommend everyone does it twice to the same area. That to me is considered a true treatment. You do it once, you get a lot of complainers. You know, you do it once in the area and mm-hmm. yeah, it work. And you have yeah. to sit there and show the before and after. See, you look different. See before, see after. I hate that. I hate that. Once you've done it twice, I don't have to show you the before and afters anymore. It's like, we're done. You know, like I'm happy. That makes me happy. It makes them happy. So I tell everyone, twice. You don't have to do it twice because you got a dramatic result after one. Great. Good for you. It happens. Fine. Um, but if you're going to do it, you're going to do it the right way. You know, because I do hear a lot of people that say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I tried it a couple of years ago. I wasn't sure. I, I, I've actually never, I say never I had like one maybe, but she also gained weight. So I wasn't really sure. But, you know, it's, it's a very dependable way to get rid of those fat cells. Cellulite um, is a little different and you're asking me about it at the right time because we do kind of have a little bit of a game changer that came out a few months ago called Quo QWO. That's actually an injectable that is used to break up those bands that pull down under the skin and create that like wrinkling and orange peel look of cellulite. Mm-hmm. Um, comes with a little bit of pain, comes with a little bit of bruising, but is super promising, like super promising. Really? Yeah. Now, is it permanent or is it something well, you have to keep doing? So far, they're seeing some long-term um, improvement. I mean, you're maintaining these results, you know, like I think up to a year out and they're still looking. So I think it's wow. it looks really, really promising. Um, I don't do it yet. Um, I'm sort of sitting on the, you know, the sidelines a little bit, like had patients do it, you know, learning about it, getting trained on it. I kind of want to see some people roll out a little bit longer which is generally how I work with this stuff. But um, I've had a lot of colleagues that have been using it now for long enough that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to support that and recommend that. So that's awesome. I want to look into that because that's another thing I'm always um, looking for treatments on. Cause that's why I was um, researching this Vela shape, which I've seen like here and there written up in articles and it's specifically for cellulite as well. I don't know if it does just cellulite and, or if it does cellulite and like sculpting, I'm not sure. I don't know too much about it, but I'm going to look into this quote too. Cause like that thigh area. I got to tell you one of my coworkers, you know, she was really eager to have it done last month and I wasn't, wasn't ready to be the one to do it for her yet. And so we had her go to one of my colleagues and have, you know, have her get it done and, Aside from some pretty hefty bruising, which is part of the deal, 
she's actually looking really good. You know, I tried a bunch of other stuff to get rid of that for her over the past couple of years and I wasn't having much success. And this, you know, this injection seems to be, and we've been hearing about it for a while now. So I kind of knew it was going to be a little bit of a game changer, but to actually see it in action on people that I know is, is really exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. That's cool. And there's no downtime. I mean, so there's bruising, obviously, yeah. but is there like downtime um, or is it like painful? Yeah, it's a little, you, you know, your muscles feel pretty sore sometimes afterwards. Like you got a little like a like a punch in the leg um, and the bruising can be pretty substantial. So sometimes there's a little bit of swelling that comes along with that. So it's not something I would do during bikini season, but you want to wait until right. fall, winter, pants. winter yeah, time activity. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm all about it. Okay. So we could literally talk to you forever. So like we probably need a part two. We might be calling. Yeah, I think we need to. But we should probably start getting into our wrap session. All right. So let's do our wrap (laughs) session. So Dr. Nazarian, you've given us so many great tips, but what is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? Oh, my favorite wellness or beauty hack. Just streamline it. Like just, you know, My hack is just getting everything into what you're already doing now and just tweak it. Like I drink my antioxidant green tea at night because I was going to drink tea anyway. So why don't I drink something that has like tons of antioxidants and makes my life more easy and helps me in the long run, right? Like when I do my, like I said, my stuff in the morning, it's all infused into that one product. I don't have to think about it. Everything that I do is just a part of my day and it doesn't feel like a chore and it's sort of like hidden in all the other stuff. And so I just think if you can do that with everything, your diet, your skincare products, you know, your walk to work, whatever it is, you just have it streamlined to something where it was all thought out beforehand and it's good for you, you know, over the course of a lifetime, oh my God, imagine the cumulative effect of something like that. These little tiny changes add up so much at the end of decades and decades and decades. Just remember that it's going to happen. It's science. It's happening. You know, you're not going to be the only body that doesn't respond to this kind of thing. You're going to reap the benefits too. Have patience with it and just trust the science. Just sneak it into your day. And I promise you, you're going to be so happy later in life. Yeah, I love that streamlining, simplifying, just kind of making it all a little easier, right? Exactly. Okay, so this is what we call our five-minute flow. So here's the scenario. You just got out of the shower and dried off. Uber just alerted you. They're five minutes away. Like, what is your quick beauty routine to, like, what are your holy grails? What do you just put on to get out of the house on time and get into that Uber? This is in the morning. This is at night. This could be any time. You, you choose, but it's like, what's that quick thing that you have to, like, you just, you got five minutes, you got to just throw it on and go, obviously we know sunscreen. What else? No, <laughs> Could be body, could be face. Could yeah. Be hair, it's whatever. my eyelash curler. <laughs> there you go. Oh, nice. that's a good one. That's it. That is, you know, I put on a fancy schmancy watch. I put on, you know, I take my little eyelash curler and I clamp it and then I'm out the door. You know, I don't, I don't do a lot of Great. bling. I don't do a lot of anything. I just like, you know, I work so hard on my face all the time. Your skin's perfect. Whatever. It is what it is. Thank you. But the point is I don't have to think about it on the daily because I already put in the time. So when I jump out of that shower, a little aquaphor, maybe to the lips, a little clamp on my lashes, a little watch on my wrist, I'm out the door. Nice. Yeah. Love it. We love the aquaphor and I the lips like trick <laughs> yeah. And then how do you, how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Cause you are a busy doctor. You've got 
three young children, your wife. I mean, how do you kind of keep that daily peace? Well, so any, any, anything you do? To be honest with you, it changes depending on my stage in life. I have realized what I could have done a few years ago with maybe even one kid, you know, maybe what I could have done with even two kids. I can't do with three and a husband, right? Like just what I did as a single girl to like really get my calm, whether it was go for a run or do whatever. Sometimes it just can't happen now. The only thing that happens daily now with three kids is a shower, right? <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you, my shower, you know, even though it's not very long, is like my nirvana. It is my happy place. I find water always has the ability to just calm and heal and recenter. And so I take this shower, I enjoy the water coming, you know, onto my face, onto my body. And um, I have my little products there that I use where I feel like I'm just self, it doesn't feel like a chore. Maybe showering is a chore for some people. It doesn't ever feel like a chore to me. You know, I just enjoy that feeling of just like starting fresh. And um, that's it. That's like today, now, like Rachel Nazarian now in life at this age that is my nirvana. I sort of hope in a few years that maybe it changes and it's something else like getting and read a book, that. lighting a candle or doing my sage. But right now it's just it's those minutes alone one. in the shower that I get. Well, yeah. that's very accessible. So that's, and that's, it's, yeah. you know what, it, it actually triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, a nice, like long, peaceful shower. I mean, it's really, it's a very like restful, rejuvenating thing. I do that too, actually. Um, come to think yeah. of it. Yeah. It love makes it. your way. I mean, it's either going to be that or it's going to be me attacking myself with a laser and needles, which happens in the office. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I look and I sound masochistic. So I'm going to go with a shower. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we've kept you like forever, but just two quick things before we wrap up. So, Katie, so we typically do like a quick what we're loving product review at the end of the episode. So, Katie has something to share with us, and then I have a closing mantra. Yeah. So, I am excited. Katie, what do you have? I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, the product review, I'm doing it this time. Usually, Amy does it, but I found these two new products that I'm obsessed with. It's the Charlotte Tilbury Supermodel Eyebrow Kit. I have like very, very sparse eyebrows and I always have to fill them in. And it's, I've always had a really hard time finding the right product to do it with, but these are amazing. The reason why I love it, the tip of the uh, pencil is like angled and very thin and it's, um, it's made from Canova wax. I think I'm saying that right. So it comes on like very, very feather fine. It literally looks like you're putting like another eyebrow hair in, another eyebrow hair in. I mean, it's really, Ooh. it's just the way that it goes in is so, so smooth. This is called the Brow Lift Pencil. It's $25. It comes in eight shades, smudge proof, humidity proof. It's great. And then I finish it with the Brow Fix Sculpting Gel. And this is $23. And this is a 24-hour lasting clear brow gel that will condition your eyebrows. It sets it. Um, and it's invisible. It doesn't like flake or anything. When I'm like, you know, not necessarily going out or just kind of want a casual look, I'll go without this. But if I really wanted to set and kind of like pop, I, I add in the brow fix. So I am absolutely obsessed, obsessed with it. It's a really, really good one. You know, the whole like, like thick, very full eyebrow that all the supermodels have right now. Like that's. I love it. That's yeah. Nice. I love that. This will give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you can. So it looks, so I bought that. I haven't used it yet because I wanted to hear Katie talk about it. So you just like kind of go against your eyebrow and it kind of just yeah. fills it in. And yeah, you just do like, you like, just roll it up the littlest bit and then you just kind of go like where, where you're sparse in, in, huh. and then I notice that actually if I do it with my left hand on my right eyebrow, it doesn't look right. I have to like switch hands and cause you have to go in the direction uh, of the brow. Huh. That's a, that's the trick. So, and then it has this little, well, your brows look amazing. Thanks. So yeah, a little brush on the end where you can, I'm, I'm going to try yeah, that. Go for it. It's a good one. Ooh. So what's your mantra, Amy? We, we need a good one. You have one for us. Yeah. So to close out and before we close out, just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Nazarian for giving us so much time. We definitely want to have you back because we have like a million more questions, but we love, 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 love all the information you gave us. I think it'll be so helpful to our listeners and it was definitely helpful for us. So we really appreciate your time and your energy. And we just, your whole vibe. Thank you. So you guys are you. so sweet. It's been such a joy to be on and so much fun talking about everything and I love to come back. I think that's the one thing about dermatology. It's a little bit of a black hole. There's always something that you want to talk about. There's always more to know. So thank you so much. Yes. For it's been a blast. Oh, thank you. Great. So I'm going to end with something because we've been talking about, um, you know, our skin and all the things that we want to fix. And at the end of the day, here's a mantra that I think I need to tell myself and we probably all do, which is become so confident in who you are that no one's opinion, rejection, or behavior can rock you. So it's like, don't listen to what anybody else is saying. And even sometimes what you're saying to yourself, because I was thinking about it, I'm complaining about this and that. But at the end of the day, if you're confident and you like feel good in your skin, Nothing else matters. So I think it's really important to remind ourselves and our audience that at the end of the day, you just got to feel good. You got to feel good about yourself. So true. Thank you for that reminder, Amy. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye.